Hello, welcome to Mind of a Football Coach Podcast. Today we have Brett Collier from Elka, Eagles Landing Christian Academy. He's a defensive coordinator. Uh, he is the man, the myth, the legend. Uh, Coach, you have more state championship rings than you, than you do fingers, I think. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, not yet. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we were texting yesterday, Coach. Is that what we were doing? Yeah, I think it was yesterday. Yesterday, and uh, said, hey, you want, you want to be on the podcast? He said, sure. So we, we set it up. Uh, He's still uh, – Coach, do you live in McDonough? Is that where you're, you live? I don't. I actually live down in Macon, Georgia, and drive okay. up the interstate every day, somewhere between 45 and 55 minutes, depending on traffic. So it's a little bit of a haul. Oh, my gosh, Coach. That's – yeah, that's a, that's a decent piece of a drive. That's uh, – Yeah. Man, what do you what do you do to pass the time in the car on that kind of drive? You know, it, it's been good. You know, actually, when I got the drive, I made a commitment that I wasn't going to waste that time every day. Mm. And so – uh, you know, sometimes I'll listen to music, but it'll be, you know, Christian music. Um, but I spend a lot of time on podcasts, um, you know, listen to some of yours, Zach. And, uh, you know, we at, here at Elka, our head coach, Jonathan Guest, has started a podcast. And I think it was kind of motivated by me telling him, like, hey, I listen to a lot of podcasts in the, in the car. And uh, anyway, so I listen to some of his, you know, just sermons or whatever it might be. Anything I find interesting, I'll listen to that. But it's definitely not time that I waste. Um there are certainly times where I wish I didn't have that commute, especially in the afternoon after practice or Friday night after a game. But uh, but I've just kind of made a commitment not to waste it, and it's been really good for me. That's awesome, Coach. Man, I, I did not know that. I know you had, you had coasted uh, first Presbyterian day, correct, Coach? That's right. Yeah, and that's down in Macon. Okay. Yeah, we we never played you guys when I was at Elka, but we, we went and watched you guys play a couple times, if I'm not right. mistaken. Um that's a good program. T- kind of tell us about like, because that's that's a heck of a commute. Like, kind of what took place to get you from FPD to Elka? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a really the the whole how all this came together is really a neat story, and you know, it's really a God thing. Um, bottom line is, probably six or seven years ago, I had a job off. I was coaching in a small private school down in South Georgia, the school I actually graduated from. Okay. It's called Southland Academy, mm-hmm. and. Um, had a job a job offer to move a little further north and go to Milledgeville, Georgia. And my wife at that time, uh, we were engaged at that time. She was moving up to Macon to get a job, and we thought it'd be good to get closer. And she really wanted me to take that job. Man, it just didn't feel right, so I turned the job down. She's all upset, you know, so on and so forth. And then, not long after that, the school she graduated come graduated from, which is First Presbyterian, FPD. Um, Got a call from their head coach. Um, you know, he's a really good guy, uh, great athletic director, um, been doing things for a long time, good Christian man, Christian school, obviously. Um, and at that time, that was just a really big jump for me, like going to what I thought was a bigger and better school, and it was. Um, and that really turned out to be a good deal. I grew a lot. It's a, it's a really um, just good school with a lot of good people. It's the type of place, Zach, where you could go and you could stay there for 30 years, 35 years, and retire and be as happy as you could be. Mm. You know, it's really awesome. And the connection that got me to Elka was um, Coach Guess has, had actually coached at First Presbyterian, mm-hmm. shoot, now probably 14 or 15 years ago. And um, he actually taught my wife, like, eighth grade algebra or something. Oh, jeez. Yeah, so he knew my wife, and 
the track coach here was our, our athletic director, Coach Queen. He had coached against my wife. So there were some connections there. And, um, man, I had, I had made good enough connections with people at FPD to win. Coach Guest was looking for a defensive coordinator after Kenny Dallas left, which you know Kenny very well. He was looking for a defensive coordinator. And he called some of his connections down at FPD, and I got recommended. And, you know, one thing after another, and all of a sudden, I'm here. And uh, we had just had our first child. Or actually, when I interviewed here, my wife was pregnant. And so, you know, the fear of that and having childcare in Macon, because that's where my wife's family is, mm-hmm. my wife working in Macon, I was like, shoot, you know, I'm not going to pass up on this opportunity to have this great, you know, this great job and learn everything I can learn here. But, you know, I don't want to move and, and have all that fear of the unknown, so I'll just eat it and drive up the interstate every day. <laughs> Heck yeah. I mean that's yeah. That's awesome, Coach. I I I totally assumed that you had moved somewhere closer. Right. That's... Yeah. Well we and we've thought about it and we've looked. It's just, you know, the whole buying selling and buying a house thing is a lot easier than it than it really is. Sure. <laughs> I mean a lot more difficult than it really is. Oh yeah, we we did that once and we moved actually we moved from jack's mill to to uh the mcdonough area to coach at elka (laughs) yeah that's that's cool man um you guys have had an unbelievable string of a couple years as far as success on the football field talk about you know for some listeners that don't know like elka football kind of talk about what you guys have been able to do the last gee whiz five years i mean it's it's been incredible well, you know, Coach Guess, our head coach, um, is really just top-notch. And when I talk to people about Jonathan Guess, I tell them there's there's really good coaches, and I think I'm a pretty good coach, and there's a lot of good coaches out there, but I think Jonathan's, like, elite. You know, he's on a different level. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, his three things that he always talks about are win the day and demand excellence and take ownership. And he does those things every single day. And he demands those things out of our kids. And, you know, he's grown a lot. And he'll be open and honest and candid with you about how he's grown and how uh, he's gotten more clear about his football vision, about what he wants. And uh, so anyway, you know, long story short, Jonathan is just a hard worker. And um, that's really what his whole philosophy is built on. Go to work, 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 work. And uh, that doesn't mean he keeps us up here all day for meetings and and silly stuff like that. But while we're here, we're going to work and our kids are going to work. And so, you know, when you have and, – and that combined with the area or the area we're in, we're in a talent-rich area in your county. And you remember, you know, there's just oh, a lot yeah. of good players in this area. And, uh, you know, the the bad rep that we get as a private school is that we cheat and we recruit and this and that, and that's not true, you know. But what's happened over the years is that a lot of people from Atlanta have moved south, and there's a lot of money that's come with it. So being a private school, we are right at like 13,000 or 12 or 13,000 tuition and everyone pays it. You know, no one gets scholarship. You remember from being here. Oh, you know, yeah. No one comes for free. Nope. And, uh, and so, and there's just a lot of money that's moved uh, south of Atlanta right here. And, uh, you know, so really, if you're a Christian family and you value Christian education and you like athletics, you know, we're going to be your first option south of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just the nature of the beast. You know, it's like real estate, location, 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 and we're here. And um, so Coach Guest is kind of the, he, he's the right guy in the right place at the right time. 
you know, doing all the right things. And um, so I don't think anyone else could have had the success that he's having. But I also don't think we can just say it's hard work. You know, it's hard work plus a lot of different things that he's held together and worked really hard at. But long story short, I know that was long with it. Long story short, in 2012, he hired a guy named Derek Chastain. And I know you and I was talking about this a little bit later. Derek brought with him the 3-5 defense. Jonathan fell in love with 3-5. Um, they won the state championship in 2012. Uh, Derek leaves after one year. And you come in. Um, you know, you guys move, you, you bounce around the 3-5 a little bit, I think. But you guys had two really good years. Jonathan will still say that the 2014 season was his best coaching season ever, you know. Yeah, we started 0-6. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Started 0-6, yeah. you end up playing in the state championship versus, you know, a loaded Mount Perrin team. It's probably one of the top single-A teams in GHSA history, that Mount Perrin team. But uh, had two really good seasons, you know, played for the state championship in 2014. And then uh, 2015, 2016, he wins it again. Um, two really good teams, really good coaches, and then – I come in in 2017, and we won it uh, the past two years, mm-hmm. um, again, with a lot of really, really good players. And so we'll see what what next year holds. Yeah, I remember, man, we'd go round and round about 3-5. We tried it a couple times. It just didn't really fit our our personnel uh, for right. one, one reason or the other. We ended up being like Michigan State press quarters. We watched some like clinic tape halfway through the 0-6 start, and that's when we went. Yeah. That's what we went to. It was a oh man, that was a rough. It was a rewarding year, but it was a rough, uh, rough start. Obviously, right. um, but shoot, man, that's you guys have a ton of success, and you know you you're really big into the three five, and I, I think actually we may be that up here this year. Um, yeah, as far as three five now, a little little different flavor. You know, I'm a little more man coverage right. oriented. Uh, you know, Jonathan, and I used to go back and forth on that a lot, uh, <laughs> but yeah. Um, you know, talk, talk about your 3-5 and why do you like it? Because I know that's a – like, it was really in vogue, I, I feel like, in the early – oh, no, the late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. And not so much anymore. But talk about, you know, why do you like it? Why is it your thing? Sure. You know, one of the first things I always tell people is that, um, you know, I never was a 3-5 guy. And uh, and it, so it's become kind of my thing over time. And one day when I leave Elko – and, and hopefully go be a head coach somewhere. I'll take the 3-5 the with me for sure because I've fallen in love with it. And, and I fell in love with it for the same reasons that, that Jonathan had fallen in love with it. But, um, you know, so basically um, when I was interviewing um, for the Elka job, the first phone conversation that I had with Coach Guest is he says, uh, you know, who's asked me if I'd like to be the defense coordinator, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yes. And I had all these ideas of things I wanted to do. And then the next, the next statement that he made was, all right, good. Now I'm going to let you know we're going to run a 3-5, you know. And, and part of my heart sunk. I was like, man, I don't, I don't know anything about 3-5. I really don't like it. And the reason why I say I don't like it is because there's a lot of misconceptions about it. Mm-hmm. That it's, uh, it's uh, you know, you're bringing 6, 7, or 8. You're playing man and zero, 1 and 0. And it's just blitz the house. And it's, it's not good fundamental football, you know. Mm-hmm. The, per- the perception that I had of the three five was that it's a uh, it's a youth football defense, you know, mm-hmm. and and so 
he said, now what I want you to do is kind of put your own flavor on it and put your own twist on it and bring your personality to the three, five. So I think we've done that. And, uh, basically, you know, things I say all the time are, you know, fast, physical, fundamental. And, um, those are buzzwords that everybody in, the, in America uses, but we really do try to be, you know, the most fundamental team we can be. And so we don't blitz a lot, like most three, five teams, um, Coach Guest probably wishes I would blitz a little more and play a little more man coverage, but I'm very conservative on defense. Um, so we're going to be as fundamental as we can be. That's all we work is fundamentals, technique and fundamentals, every single position. You know, and a couple of things that we tell our guys all the time is, you know, the secondary, we're not going to get beat deep. We're not going to give up a deep ball. So at our level of football, uh, single A, we are going to see some good quarterbacks. But it's not like – five six seven a in georgia where you may see jake Fromm one week you know Mm -hmm. so you know we're not gonna see jake Fromm week to week but if we go play prince avenue they do have a four-star quarterback so we've got to be good in the secondary we got to make sure our best players are in the secondary but we know we can just be really simple really fundamental and get really really good at what we do and and have a chance to to compete with those guys and we don't just play all cover three we do play a little man we have another little coverage uh, that we do that we can talk about if you want. But so in the secondary, we're not going get to beat, get beat deep. And we say no explosive plays for touchdowns. They might, they might bust one on us, but we're going to tackle them on the one-yard line at least. You know, make them snap the ball again. And we've done that and made goal line stands here. You know, and that's, those are real things that, that we preach and that we harp on and our kids believe in. So we say no explosive plays for touchdowns. We are going to stop the run. That's the number one priority. You know, it's an eight-in-the-box deal. You know, we're going to sell out and stop the run. And, uh, you know, we say no foolish penalties. Don't do anything, anything dumb. You know, we're not going to have any. I say we're not going to have any. We'll have some. But, you know, we work our tail off every single day. Our D-line is reading the ball, so we're not going to jump all sides. Um, we're not going to have any stupid, you know, face masks or things like that. So, you know, those are things that we preach. And all day, every day, our position groups are just working fundamentals, fundamentals, fundamentals. I have some four and five man blitzes we'll do, and we can play some cover one. But other than that, it's just good old fashioned. It's like you were playing a fifty defense in you know nineteen eighty eight, <laughs> and you got a five and zero to five, and everybody's reading hats, and you're squeezing and spilling. I know they didn't spill back then, right? But we're squeezing hard and spilling and running hard at the ball. So that's that's who we are. Man, that's awesome. I, it's it's interesting as like coaches these days. I think. You know, a lot of us flock to Twitter because there's a bunch of coaches on Twitter, I, I feel like. Right. And I think you can get lost in all the scheme that's out there. What do you what do you think about that? You know, I love learning it. You know, I, at the end of the day, you know, people say coaches are teachers, and I agree with that. And so I'm always learning, and, and I love that stuff. You know, like you can go find these podcasts, and uh, they're talking about, Nick Saban's cover seven and it's quarters and it's, it's match quarters, man match quarters. I mean, it's just really in-depth stuff and it's fun and I love learning about it. But at the end of the day, like I said, at our level of football, what can our kids do and what do we need to do to get really, really good at what we're doing and win games in single A high school football? Um, now, if I coached in seven or six A or five A, that may be different we may need to do some match quarters. We may need to do some two man or something like that. You know, something where we can play really, really close to routes and, uh, 
and challenge and contest every single route. But as is, you know, our, our belief is if you're going to beat us, you're going to beat us not because we made a mistake. You're going to beat us mm-hmm. not because our kids did not know what to do. And, um, and that's our philosophy. So our kids know what they're doing, and they know how to execute it. And I'm not saying they're perfect, but they do their job. You know? And if, if you uh, – there's a, a game last year where, um, man, we were, we were actually getting beat for a while in the game. It was back and forth. It was intense. And uh, one of our corners just gets beat on a deep ball. Well, he got beat on deep ball because the kid went over his head and got it. The kid was better than him. Mm-hmm. As a coach, you know, you can live with that. You don't like it, but can you live with it? Well, I can live with that a whole lot better than I can if I was playing a complicated scheme and my corner didn't know what to do and he cut a guy loose down the sideline. Mm-hmm. So that's just who we are and that's what we believe. And, and we're going to be really, really simple. And I know that's a common word too. Um, and, and we can talk more about that. But, you know, simple doesn't mean easy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, a lot of times a simple thing is actually the hard thing. And, and it takes a lot of work to get really, really good at that. And I really I don't like when people say that football is a simple game. Um, I don't think football is a simple game. Football is a very complicated game. There's 22 teenagers on the field. <laughs> and, yeah. You know, and that's recipe for disaster. You know, put 22 teenage boys in a classroom and it's a disaster, yeah. you know? And so there's 22 teenage boys on the field who all have different jobs and different roles and responsibilities. They're all different kids and there's tempers and all these things, man, it's chaos. So it's not a simple game, but, um, you know, our job is as coaches is to find the most simple system that can kind of cut through all that to help our kids, you know, maintain focus, I think. I know that's long-winded, but that's kind of who we are. No, that's great. I, you know, I remember sitting with, with guests talking about, you know, before faster, we were talking about like safe, like simple. I forget the the acronym, but it was like simple, fast, execute, all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, I remember when he came up with the the faster that like Elk is known for faster football. Right. And he had like each of us write like um, like a paper about like a. One of the aspects of it, I thought it was great. It's like, man, this is this is top notch stuff. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. Um, and he wrote the book, right? Did Jonathan? He wrote a book on that, correct? Yeah. Well, he wrote. A, I think the title of the book is actually "Demand Excellence." Excellence. That's right. And okay. um, he does go through faster, and he goes through, um, you know, win the day, take ownership, uh, no excuses, things like that. And um, he just kind of goes through his whole football and life philosophy as a Christian football coach, mm-hmm. and. Uh, that desire to be the very, very best, but also the desire to, you know, serve the Lord more than we serve football because it's really easy for football to become our master. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's what his book is about. And it's really awesome. So anybody that's listening out there, uh, you can go to the Elka Football Twitter page, and he's got it pinned at the top. Um, give, give it a give it a read. It's, it, I'm not just plugging his book. I get no money from it, and he gets very little money from it. But it's really an awesome read. That's great. That is awesome. Um, shoot, coach, you were talking, talking about kind of what you guys play. Three, you play one, and you play like we've talked before. You play like a version of Tampa two out of your three three. Kind of talk about that because that's a really good wrinkle, I think, for you guys. Yeah, and you know, uh, recently, you know, again, if you spend a lot of time on Twitter and you follow all the Twitter coaches, um, the three safety stuff is in vogue now, mm-hmm. and. Um, that's that's essentially what it is and so 
what we'll do is um, we'll take our two outside linebackers and uh, we'll move both of them out on top of the number one receivers, okay? And they're getting reroutes. They're a cover two corner. So they're rerouting and they're sinking to their drop, all right? And they're going to sink with the number one receiver after their reroute until something threatens the flat. So we're com- communicating out, out, out. And it, all, we, all we do is spot drop. It's no matching. All right, so he's rerouting and he's sinking 10 to 12 yards. If he gets an out, he's breaking on it. If he if never gets an out call, he continues to sink and get depth, like under a wheel route or something like that. Mm-hmm. All right? So um, that's what our two dogs are doing. Our dogs are outside linebackers. We take both of our corners and we put them 14 yards on the hash. Depending where the ball is on the field, they can be a little outside the hash or a little inside the hash. And what both of those two guys are doing is they are getting out. They are pedaling out to the top of the numbers just like they would in cover three. So in cover three, you know, their alignment is, again, depending on where the ball is on the field, but, you know, their drop is the top of the numbers right down their third. So in this coverage, we call it Jordan. Mm-hmm. In Jordan, you're 14, 12 to 14 yards on the hash, you're pedaling out to the top of the number just like you would in cover three. So none of that changes. And then what we're going to do with our, our free safety is, let's say it's two-by-two two doubles. Um, we're going to take the free safety, and we're going to play him at seven yards, and he's going to kind of spy right over that tailback. So if it's run action, he's in the fit right now, and he can basically be an extra quarterback player on his own read, or you know, if the tailback's a stub, we can stick him on the tailback, or, um, or whatever they're doing, all right? Mm-hmm. If it's run action, that's what he's going to do. Now, if it's pass action, he's going to open his hips and he's going to turn and sprint right down the goalpost and be a middle third player. And that's where the, the Tampa looks come from. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a good coverage. You know, it the original like when you look at it on paper, you're like, man, you know, they're going to run the ball all over us. You know, but it's not. It, it's better versus the run than it looks on paper. This it's kind of the same deal with all the three safety stuff, mm-hmm. like the Iowa State stuff that people are into now. Um, it looks light in the box, but as soon as the ball snaps and you get run action, you know, there's a lot of lot of fast dudes around the ball right now. So that's that. And and another thing we can do that I that I prefer over that, you know, I just I don't know. You have bad memories from certain games when bad things happen, but <laughs> My first, my first year here, we were playing that coverage, and that week we had an automatic check to whenever the team goes ten personnel, we're automatically playing this. They didn't play a lot of ten personnel, and we didn't really um, think they could throw it all over. So that was just a safe automatic check. Well, they figured out we were doing it every time they went ten. Our kids are checking, we're getting into it, and uh, they had a pretty athletic quarterback, and they just start running quarterback draw, and. Uh, you know, so as soon as that safety is getting past action, he's flipping his hits, he's running in the middle of the field. As soon as our linebackers get high hat, you know, they're all getting out, you know, the spot dropping, hash, middle hash, and uh, shoot, man, they're running quarterback draw, and we could not stop it because we just had nobody close enough uh, to the box. Mm-hmm. And it, it wasn't, you know, I'm, I'm not saying we would have stopped it in cover three, but we just didn't have enough guys around the box, I felt like. And so um, – you know, long story short, they go down the field and they end up scoring. And, uh, man, just stuck in my brain for a long time. So one thing we can do also is when the ball's on the hash, we can play the boundary side. We can play that, those guys in Jordan, 
like I just described. So we can take our dog and put him out on number one, take the corner and put him on the hash. And then to the field, we can um, show press with the corner and bail the corner and still play cover three to the field. Mm-hmm. You know, so it kind of looks like quarter, quarter, half. Right. That's good stuff. So those are two little wrinkles, yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, you were hitting on like auto checks. And I mean, I, great. it's a great description of your Jordan coverage. And like auto checks sometimes get a little scary because like, like you were saying, the team figures it out. <laughs> like You're yeah. like, uh, you, you got to wait till like the series is over or call a timeout. And that gets a little – That's right. It's a little hairy sometimes. So what's your like what's your feeling going forward on like auto checks and checking the formations? Yeah, I don't do it anymore, you know, honestly. Um, yeah. Our our big thing to us is just, you know, alignment and um I know that sounds elementary, but you know, we're dealing with in terms of football, we do have a bunch of elementary kids. Like they don't understand football. So we work a ton of alignment and um and so we do have some automatic things in terms of if we get this alignment, we automatically make this adjustment. You know, so sure. when I learned football a long time ago, um, a guy I worked for at the high school I went to, his name was Tim Good, and uh, he taught me a lot. But one, the most important thing he taught me about football is that it's a numbers game, and you have to match numbers defensively. Mm-hmm. And if the if the offense can outnumber you and outflank you, then you can't stop them. And um, he was just big on that. And and I remember him going through all his adjustments with me. So when I got a chance to be a D coordinator, I just kind of made that commitment that I wasn't going to be outnumbered and I wasn't going to be out leveraged. And if there was, um, you know, like a, a huge flank on one side, we were going to have answers and adjustments. And I wasn't going to have to yell at the kids to make the adjustment. They were going to know it. Mm-hmm. And so these are things that we work just, it's just part of our base package. And so we have several little things that we do just automatically we start working from day one mm-hmm. but you know it's, to me so to answer your question in terms of automatic checks and stuff like that really the, the only automatics we have are with alignment and sometimes that may change the coverage like if you give us a nub side when I call it say nub I mean tight end only or it may be an unbalanced formation and I have just an offensive tackle so if you give us that um, that may change the coverage on that side a little bit and we have some calls we make with that some special things mm-hmm. but all of those are just naturally built into what we do right and so we we've got it now to where we can play i mean i'm i'm probably not exaggerating coach we probably play 85 to 90 percent cover three right the past two years and um last year i played more man than i did the year before um but man that's just who we are and that's what we're going to do and that's what we're going to try to get good at and there's we, know, we do that knowing that there's holes in it mm-hmm. and knowing that we have to rep every single day, hitch, post wheel, curl flat, those things, because that's what you're going to get beat on. Mm-hmm. We try to get really good at those. Yeah, I think you, you hit on that. People, there's two, I think there's two theories of coaching. Like you try to have everything in your toolbox, you can have, always have an answer, or do you get good at the things that can beat your scheme and – you see both ends of it, and then on Twitter, like, that battle rages on, right? So, like, right. you get people, like, crucifying, for lack of a better term, people who don't do it the way they do it. And, um, you know, it's, it's interesting because, you know, like, I don't think people are bad coach for doing it either way. You just have to have a plan. You know, I, I know right. that's something you guys are, are big on is your, is your plan and how you practice and you practice all the things that can hurt 
what you do. And I know I do that to this day. I mean, like, we play a lot of cover zero. That's not really a secret in West Virginia. Um, that's right. kind of what we do. But, like, you rep the zero beaters. You know what I mean? Like, you rep the fullback down the pipe, you know, running, right. you know, whatever from the sniffer. So, because that's, that's good stuff. So, talk about – you know, you talk about scheme, talk about a little bit of philosophy. Talk about just kind of your overall coaching philosophy. Like, what do you – like, how do you want to be remembered as a coach? What are things that you want your players to know that's outside the game of football? Yeah. Um, that's a good question, man. You know, um, so, um, obviously, work at a Christian school. I don't know if the people out there know that. Elka, we keep saying, is Eagles Landing Christian Academy. And uh, there's a lot of Christian schools that are just kind of Christian in name and don't really live that out. And there's a lot of people who do a really bad job at being a Christian school, you know, honestly. But And you know from working here, um, this place is, you know, through and through, you know, a gospel school mm-hmm. and gospel-driven. And that comes from the top down with our leadership. And Coach Guess is just, uh, you know, just a, you know, just a great I – mean, honestly, he could go be a preacher at, a, at, a, at any church right now do a great job and so he's a guy who loves god you know committed to jesus christ loves football um so really you know we try to preach to our kids every day um and you know so i'm not saying i'm in the business of saving his souls you know i can't really i don't have a lot of control over that but i can just i can preach the gospel to the kids and i can do my best to show my kids what it looks like to be a 30 year old man who loves god is committed to jesus christ loves his wife and loves his daughter you know and, you know, today a lot of kids growing up don't, don't have those types of men in their life, you know. And, and so to a lot of kids that we're coaching, even at a private school, I know the perception of private schools are all rich kids and they have everything perfect. Couldn't be further from the truth, and you know that. Mm-hmm. But um, I just feel like um, a lot of our kids are missing that, that man in their life. And uh, unfortunately – folks like us that are living that way and doing those things, you know, we're, in, we're, we're not the norm. And so when the kids look at us, they think, man, coach is kind of different. He's weird. You know, my coach, you know, my coach isn't like my dad necessarily, or not like my uncle. And, um, and, the, and these things cross socioeconomic boundaries. They cross racial boundaries, you know, that, that there's a epidemic in America of men not being men, you know? And so, we try to do that, and, uh, you know, I want to stand by that and live by that. And, you know, one thing I was just thinking the other day, um, my high school football coach called me not long ago, and uh, he just wanted to see how I was, just wanted to talk. And I started thinking about him, and, uh, you know, my high school football coach wasn't a guy who had to buddy up with me and put his arm around me and tell me how much he loved me, you know. But I knew he did love me, you know, but he was tough on me. And now, you know, what is it, what, 12 or 13 years later, however long ago I graduated, I don't even know. But however long it's been, he's still calling me up on the phone, you know, and, and, and I still remember things that he taught me. You know, I still remember him talking to me about being a man and what that meant to go to work and be a man. And uh, so, you know, and I'm not being critical of people that do things like that, but, you know, I don't have to take a kid out to lunch twice a week to let him know I love him. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't have to try to be like the kids for them to know that I want their best interest. And I don't have to like all their tweets or um, I don't have to keep up with the latest music. You know, I just don't. But they know I'm here. They know who I am. They know where I stand. And, uh, uh, man, I was just reading in my Bible this morning 
in Luke chapter 13. There's a parable of the fig tree. And the, the gist is, after three years, the fig tree has not produced any fruit. And the master of the garden uh, tells the, the gardener, he says, cut it down, throw it away. You know, it hasn't produced any fruit. And the gardener's like, no, just give me one more year with it. It's a great football analogy because it's four years, and we have four years for our kids. He says, no, give me one more year with it. He says, I'm going to fertilize it, water it, and all this. And, uh, and then eventually it does produce fruit. Well, our fig trees that God gives us are teenage boys, and they may not produce fruit until they're 50. You know, they may not, they might not get it till then. <laughs> right. But at one, at some point they may get it. And at some point they may get it and think back to the high school football coach. And maybe we never even get a thank you for it, but, um, there is an impact made. So there's that part. I know that was lengthy. There's also the part two in terms of actual coaching. Where I try to be intense, you know, not fake intense. There's a lot of coaches that are fake intense. Um, you know, I want my, just genuine intensity and intensity isn't yelling if you think about um a lot of coaches you know if you just google and I, I i do cheer for this guy so i'm not being critical of him but if you just google kirby smart there's gonna be some crazy picture pop up of him yelling on the sideline you know what i mean <laughs> yeah and to me that's not necessarily intensity but if you google a picture of um the head coach for the Iowa Hawkeyes, Kirk Ferentz, he has this this stare, this deep, you know, focus on what he's doing. It's the same with the Michigan State guy, Mark D'Antonio. You know, so intensity to me is just all your focus and energy on whatever you're doing. And you're not staring at the butterflies or getting distracted by the plane that flies over the practice field. You know, you are all into what you're doing. And I think your kids around you kind of, kind of pick up on that and model themselves after that not always but you know in a perfect world they will so i just want to be as, as fundamental as i can as intense as i can you know coach the technique and fundamentals all the time just push kids demand a lot out of them but you know i try to be a nice guy you know i, I don't i don't i used to be when i was younger the type of coach that felt like i had to be tough all the time in order to get respect from my kids well i don't respect that because you're fake and you're kind of a jerk you know you know, so the thing is, I'm just going to be who I am and um, demand the kids do right and work hard and love the kids and tell them I love them. And uh, they're going to see me working for them and serving them and um, and see where it goes. Coach, that is – that's gold, man. That's good stuff. Uh, you know, I, somebody told me a long time ago that teenagers can smell a fake way faster than adults. Uh, yeah, that's you, right. You know, and – and just be who you are, because everybody's different, right? You know, everybody right. has their own personality, and um, yeah, that's, that's great. Because you're being who you are, you're being who you are in the Lord, and you're serving, you're serving those kids. So as we as we wrap up today, Coach, give give the listener a nugget. So like something that like a something they can remember, like a tweetable moment of something that you want maybe coaches on, that are listening to as they try to you know, improve their career, something they can hold on to that simple, like you were talking about, um, to help them get through this next season that's coming up? Man, a tweetable moment. Um, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll, I'll go this way with it, and this just popped in my head. And uh, this, this was really a, a moment I had at Elka. And I remember I remember two instances vividly, and they're both the, the same subject. And it both goes back to our head coach, Jonathan Guest. And uh, 
to, to the folks out there that don't know him, I mean, he's just the type of guy. I heard a quote about leadership. So I'll give you two tweetable things. This is one of them. Great leaders are easy, uh, easy to follow and hard to please. And that's Coach Guess. He's really easy to follow because you want to follow him. But he's hard to please. He demands a lot out of you. And that's on his coaches and his players. And um, I remember when he was when – when I just got on here. And, um, you know, to me, this guy, he's already won – when I first got here, he's already won three state championships. And I'm like, man, whatever he's doing, like, I need to learn it. I remember people telling me, like, uh, well, if you, if you just call him up, he'll tell you. I'm like, no, I need to live it. That's how I need to – to, 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 to learn it, to be in it. And so when I got here, I was just soaking up everything. And I still am every day. Um, and I remember one thing he said to me, he said, you know, what's going to happen if we play defense and we just don't make any mistakes. And I remember inside I was, I kind of chuckled like, what do you mean? Don't make any mistakes. Like every team's going to make mistakes. And he's, he's like, no, 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 what's going to happen if we play and our kids never make a mistake. And I remember thinking, like, we'll never lose a game. You know, if we don't make mistakes, we won't lose. And, uh, of course, we've lost games. And, uh, you know, things haven't always been perfect. We've made a lot of mistakes. But that's the thought process is how can I get my kids to play at a level to where we make as few mistakes as possible? And the only way for me to do that is to be simple and to be fundamental and to do it 10,000 times. And then so the second little part of that is my first spring here, um, in the spring game, we're playing Stockbridge. They're a school that's bigger than us, more athletic than us, very well coached on both sides of the ball. They were in the triple option. So my first spring game at Elko, we're playing a triple option team that's very athletic. So I'm sweating bullets, you know. And, uh, and our offense is out there, and we're moving the ball down the field. And I, I can't remember what happened. Somebody messed up the snap counts. Maybe someone jumped off sides or something happened like that offensively. And, uh, man, guess, you, I know you've been here too, guess loses his mind and he <laughs> shouts. He shouts, can we stop making mistakes? And it, uh, it all hit me. It all hit me right there. Like, that's what he's talking about. You know, he's not talking about, man, your kid, um, yeah, he missed a tackle. That's a mistake. But the mistakes he's talking about are things that we can control. So what can we can control and, and how few mistakes can we make and, at the end of the day, it's high school football, and and more games are lost by teams than are won by teams. You know mm. what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. And so it's like, let's not lose the game. You know, let's just worry about that part. The danger of that is, and he and I have to work on this a lot, is you end up getting really, really conservative You know, when you have that mentality. So you still got to keep that edge where you're going to go after people every now and then and, or take shots down the field offensively. But, you know, that's really, in terms of football, that – sums up maybe like five percent of what he's taught me um so there's a whole lot out left out there that he's he's taught me but but those are a couple things coach that is that's awesome you are full of wisdom and uh i know our listeners will love this uh this podcast so i will put this up shortly and uh thank y'all for listening